What's up, Videolanders? I'm Brad, and with me tonight are the Marathon Men, Kyle and Nathan. Quick reminder, you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude, Kyle. You're damn right we are, and sometimes we're going to get a little salty with our language. Even though we're watching kids' movies for the most part tonight, uh, we're going to say, you know, fuck, and maybe we'll say tits. I don't know. You never know what's going to pop up. <laughs> Tell them about the spoiler alerts, uh, Nathan, for Miyazaki. We're going to spoil the movies. So it doesn't matter that these movies came out in like 84, 86, 88. You should have seen them already, but if you haven't, we're going to spoil them. Yeah. So welcome to the Marathon Golden Idols. With our marathons, we choose five to six movies from the same genre or director to view and compare. The various category winners are given Golden Idols, and the movie with the most Golden Idols wins. This exercise has helped us understand filmmaking and change the way we watch movies. We use the marathon to examine and discuss films we've needed to see or haven't seen in a while. Tonight we have a very special marathon guest, Matthew Wade. What's up, my man? Hello, I'm doing good. Because I'm taking the night off. This will be the yeah. first marathon that I've missed, and that that sucks. I usually do, you guys know how I do things, I do, man, like 10-page outlines. Um, I study every single film um, intensely, and I didn't get to do that this time. I watched all six films. Um, I can say I have a better understanding of Miyazaki. Um, I can say, though, I'm still not a fan Okay, but that's not why I didn't do this. Um, I wanted to come in and have a uh, um, a strong opinion, and with without me studying all the films like I usually do, I felt like I would have been the weak link of this right. episode. So I never want to do an episode like it's that. It's not even that you like really hated these; you just like had nothing, no opinion really either way on. Yeah, and then right? just um, especially with last night doing um, the episode, our weekly episode interviews, back-to-back -back interviews. I have uh, two interviews scheduled for next week um, that's coming out. So I've just been. Just been wrapped up. Just been busy. So I want to make sure that uh, this... I, I take these very... You know how serious I get with these guys. I, this, yeah. I lose sleep over this stuff. And I feel like um, Matthew tonight is going to be the better person at the table um, instead of myself. Um, what makes you a good replacement tonight? I have seen most of the Miyazaki films at least several times. Uh, some of them just a few times, but I've seen all of them at least once um so i definitely have a very strong opinion on miyazaki on his over however you pronounce that as you will um and just his whole aesthetic and um yeah it, like I say, it was in your top 10 wasn't yeah it, it yeah. was uh number three yeah. Yeah. yeah what was uh what was the first time that you were kind of presented with anime because you've been an anime fan for a long time haven't you is yeah. that your favorite genre you think um Possibly favorite type of animation, like, yeah, favorite origin, country of origin for animation. Uh, so I was first introduced to anime proper, I'd say in the early 90s. Um, first got into it with uh, Rumiko Takahashi, uh, Ron One Half. Whoa, look at those guys. So that's that's uh, pretty bold. Uh, <laughs> yep, I know those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, you were in good hands tonight. <laughs> yeah. First got into Miyazaki uh, in my Purdue Anime Club way back in the mid to Let's late 90s. Um, first one I saw was uh, My Neighbor Totoro, the original Fox dub. Really liked it a lot. Went on from there and... Uh, Tried to see everything I could. So after awesome. tonight, I might not have a job, guys. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> so thank you for coming on tonight, Matt. You're welcome. Thank you very much, man. You're welcome. With all that said, every Labor Day, the marathon men like to celebrate directors that work their asses off. I really love last year's episode. We talked Hitchcock. Hitchcock. That was yeah. a great episode, uh, looking back on that. We decided this Labor Day to view the works of Hayao Miyazaki. Kyle, what films did we watch? All right, we watched six this time yeah. around. Um... 
usually, you know, animated things are a little more palatable and easy to take in. But these are, you know, pretty lengthy films, so we, we had a big one ahead of us. Um, our first up was one of his earliest works, Castle in the Sky from 1986. Had a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 8.1 on IMDb. Next up, we had Howl's Moving Castle from 2004, one of his uh, last works. It's uh, the latest work that we're, we're doing in his. Um, the, tied for the lowest Rotten Tomato score, 87 in this marathon. Uh, IMDb of 8.2. Next up, we have Kiki's Delivery Service from 1988. Uh, it had the highest Rotten Tomato score at 96% and the lowest IMDb score at 7.9, which is weird how that usually works out mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, then we have My Neighbor Totoro, which you just mentioned, from 1988. Rotten Tomatoes, 93%. IMDb, 8.2. Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, tied low score, 87. IMDb of 8.1. And we wrapped it up with Princess Mononoke from 1997. Rotten Tomatoes, 92%. And our IMDb high of 8.4. Not a sinker in the bunch. Oh, no. Okay. No. And I would say, typically, there's one film when we do a marathon that I just, just don't like. Eh, not this time. I mean, this was really hard. I, I feel this was one of the harder marathons to score. I gave a lot of ties, actually, which I never did. Yeah, you, you, I, I definitely tried to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, you were mentioning, like, hey, can we do, like, six-way ties? Can we do, like, a literal <laughs> six-way tie? Like... <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, I'm probably not on the same spectrum as you guys. Yeah. Um, you know, anime is not really my thing, but, you know, I, I watched them all, and I'm going to give my fair critique of everything. So uh, let's kick this off, and I will start us off with best film location like we always do. Um, and I am going to go with Kiki's Delivery Service, um, and it's the main, like, town that she goes to and becomes the, the witch for. Um, I really love that it's got this uh, beautiful sort of, like, San Francisco aesthetic, but it also feels like a small town. Yeah, It's right. very crazy how, like, everything is so close it and beautiful but it like from the outset like it looks like a massive city all at the same time i mean it's very european too yeah, yeah it's exactly. very european yeah. like yeah um yeah and, and that one just kind of just caught my eye for the most part and it i still think about it when i'm thinking about that movie so that's why sure. uh, that okay good all right so i went with laputa from castle in the sky i just really thought it was an amazing location from top to bottom uh, the underbelly was a neat location for Pazu tied out in, but I mean, everything above ground was like the main highlight. You have the gardens, uh, with the like crisscrossing walkways, I believe it is, uh, the, even the landing pad, blush green, um, the little black gravestone they visit. Uh, mostly what I liked was just the architecture. It looked yeah. like it was from an ancient civilization and looked, uh, very, um, sophisticated um but even uh, below uh in the pools like it's it's like teeming with uh marine life and the whole mm-hmm. place uh was teeming with wildlife uh which was interesting it's like devoid of humanity but otherwise lush uh and we even get to see some uh more um fox squirrels yeah. if you remember from uh, a little bit of a callback oh, yeah. to uh nausicaa yeah um and who can argue with a huge pile a uh, stockpile of killer robots they can just only release <laughs> once you can find I, the power I source won't. yeah so yeah, that was my oh, that's like my that pick big. for best location. I I think this was like honestly best location was one of the richer categories. I thought sure, yeah. every one of these films like the the Valley of the Wind from Nausicaa, mm-hmm. um, Iron Town from Princess Mononoke thought yeah. was really neat. You have a moving uh, castle. Kind of, yeah. no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, my so runner up. There, there, were, there were two. I this was a tie for me. Okay, okay. so Whoa. one of them one of them was was Lapida from. Uh, uh, Castle in the Sky. Mm-hmm. You've got invisible walls. You've got a jungle uh, yeah. teeming with wildlife, water, fish, uh, moats. You've got robot caretakers. 
uh, fox squirrels are back. <laughs> Uh, you, it's this ancient, advanced civilization that's kind of fallen back and been reclaimed by nature in a, mm-hmm. in a way, and I, it's just yeah. really aesthetically interesting to me. Um, the other one is Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, yes. You know, it's your it's your runner up, man. I, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't pick between the two of them, man. Right. Uh, just it's got such a neat design. It's this it's all dilapidated and uh, you know just the way that it moves and it's it's connected to all these different towns at the same time and it's yeah. God, it just feels so alive. So mm-hmm. for me, it's a tie. Uh, Castle in the Sky, House Moving Castle. Right. Yeah, that's like a really interesting moment. The first time they spin that dial and they open the door <laughs> yeah, in a yeah, completely yeah. different place and mm-hmm. you're like, um, it, what? <laughs> like, that's not where that was just a second ago. <laughs> no, that, that was really cool and I, I enjoyed that. All right, next category is best character, and we've got a, a pretty deep well of certain For characters sure. here. Um, and, and strangely, one that uh, maybe is not uh, a main character, but stood out for me is Lord Yupa from Nausicaa of the Valley. Oh, yeah. He's got he this cool. like, he's this like Gandalf with a sword. <laughs> like, that's what he <laughs> yeah, feels like. Yeah. I mean, he's like really badass, but like really cool and wise, and like <laughs> almost sit back and not do anything. But if you fuck with me, like I will take, I will take out everyone here, and like we'll get to a quote later. Dude, about there's how fucking so, badass there's so many he categories is. where I was like, I kind of just want to give, I kind of just want to give an award to Lord Yuba, <laughs> like just because <'cause> Patrick Stewart, <laughs> like yeah. Patrick Stewart's such a badass. <laughs> he was probably the highlight of uh, the film for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't have that like Patrick Stewart sound either. Mm. Like no, unless really. you like know it's Patrick Stewart, like yeah. you wouldn't immediately pick him out. Mm. Like. Patrick Stewart has a very definitive voice. Sure. No, I could tell, but it was a different character for him. So right. I get yeah. that. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so my yeah. turn. All Good right. Job. So I win with San from Princess Mononoke. Oh yeah. Uh, she's not a very always heroic character, but she looks very cool, especially her battle outfit, the mask, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the fur cape. Uh, good fighter, compassionate towards nature, uh, very strong spirit. Uh, I also liked how she straddled the uh, wolf and the human societies. Like, she wasn't exactly, I mean, she knew she wanted to be with the wolves. She felt very strongly against humans, confessed to many people that she hated them. But at the same time, she ultimately befriends Ashitaka and she just speaks to people in uh, English or whatever language she speaks. <laughs> um, well, it would be Japanese. Um, well, Aside, no, real fast, we did, we did watch all these in English. True. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We watched all the dubbed versions. We just felt it would be a little more palatable to do it that way, uh, a little yeah. easier well, to find It's hard to judge, too. I mean, I, I, don't, I can't speak for, for it, that, it but like, I, I don't speak Japanese, so it would be hard for me to judge your acting if yeah, I don't, sure. I don't understand right. the nuance of your language. You know, <laughs> and we, and most of us we prefer to watch like a subtitled yeah, version. For sure, like, yeah. we're doing it that way. But like trying to narrow down some of these categories, it was important for us to kind of watch them in English. For sure. Yeah. So I found her internal struggle to be uh, very compelling in that way. How she, it takes her until the very end of the film, really, to determine who she allies with and how she does so and to what degree. Uh, so I just thought she was a fascinating character. Great. Oh, yeah. man. Um, I also went with Mononoke, but I, I picked Lady Eboshi. Okay. I think yeah. I, she's my favorite character yeah. because I like I like characters who have kind of some nuance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Lady Eboshi's not really a villain. I mean, she she is. You know what I mean? She's she she's definitely the antagonistic the antagonist of the film. Right. But she's also. I mean, I think her motives are purely altruistic. She she's taking in all of these like prostitutes and lepers and giving them a place of safety and refuge and uh, I think that what she's doing she's really doing it from a good place I mean she's making bad decisions but I think that she's doing what's best 
from her perspective. And I think that's really interesting, man. Not a lot of these characters, I think, had the nuance that she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, f- I think, yeah, Lady Eboshi for me, Princess Monoroki. Cool. All right, moving into best duo. Um, for me, I went with Kiki and Gigi from Kiki's Delivery Good, Service. That's right up there, man. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and it's because, you know... All of these are usually like a, a boy-girl combo for a lot of a lot of the movies, mm-hmm. um, and this one is a very unique dynamic with a witch and a cat that can talk mm-hmm. to her. Um, and when Phil Hartman is your voice of yeah, a cat, you know Hartman. it's it's easier yeah. to want to be friendly and, <laughs> right. and like those characters. Um, I, I really like the the small little like they're kind of shitty to each other at times, like right. especially you know uh, Gigi towards Kiki, like yeah. oh man, oh maybe if we'd listened to those geese, you know right. we wouldn't be in this situation, would we? And right. like. Uh, it's really fun uh, little banters that they have, and that's why I chose those two. Okay. So I went with Mei and Satsuki from My Neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a very believable sibling relationship. Uh, times heartbreaking. It's at times amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I They enjoyed spending time together and having fun, especially with all the other Totoros. Um, and I also like to point out that I did really like the performances by um, Al Fanning and Dakota mm-hmm. Fanning. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind we of a, sisters, a, yeah, a very, yeah, great, a very good choice to uh, pick those two. But also, I liked how, uh, well, the mother says uh, later on in the film that Satsuki um, really wants to act grown up. I mean, she's a little girl, but she still wants to be brave for her family and for her mom. And uh, I liked how uh, Dakota Fanning played that really well. And conversely, how... Al Fanning played the little sister as sometimes bratty, um, sometimes really enthusiastic, just a wide range of emotions on both parts. So uh, great acting and great relationship. For sure, man. I agree with you. That was my pick as well. Um, I have daughters that are about that age, and that's literally exactly how they act. And <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, uh, I think that's what caught me about it was that I just thought that it was a really believable dynamic mm-hmm. and that the characters are there in just the way that they're animated and the way that they interact with each other I mean, just yeah. really believable yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah for sure that was mine as well Satsuke and Mei from My Neighbor Totoro fantastic alright <laughs> uh, moving into best villain and antagonist and or ta- antagonist get it right uh, I can't words <laughs> I got kicked in the face today yeah well. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um I went with uh, Dola from Castle in the Sky. Um, and a lot of it has to do with kind of her unique look, and Captain Dola is not a villain, you dickhead. She's a- yeah, she is. Like, <laughs> sort of. she's she's this weird. She teeters this line, okay? Because uh, at times she's definitely the villain, and I mean, you at least okay. the, you know she's mm. definitely the antagonist that drives the the story to where yeah. it's going. Okay, um, you know, and then at times she you know she takes them in, and she's very motherly and nice to them, but then. Mm is a total fucking bitch, you know, right. a few minutes later. So, and that, that's that's part of the aspect that I liked about it is that she kind of flip-flops around. You're kind of like not sure what side of the fence she's on even towards, you know, the end of the film, you're not exactly sure where she fell. Like, was she doing this, you know, in the best interest of everything or is she just kind of a cunt? No. <laughs> I think you're way off, but okay. okay. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Do your own thing then. Yeah. Go ahead. What do you got, Matthew? All right, so I went with the real villain from Castle in the Sky, <laughs> Muska. Yeah! Uh, I really like his duality when compared to Sheeta. Um, he wants to use Laputa to control the world, whereas, um, yeah, Sheeta wants to destroy it so it won't hurt anyone or anything. Right. Uh, it's also neat that he, addition to Sheeta, he is a legitimate heir to Laputa because he mm-hmm. comes from the same family line. 
And so it want, has a valid reason for wanting it because some with so many of these other Miyazaki villains, it seemed like they just wanted it for the power. They didn't want it because they felt they had a right to right. it. So it's just not a typical megalomaniac in my in my opinion. Yeah, I I had a tie. There <laughs> we go. So it was Lady, Lady Eboshi for the same reason that I mentioned, like literally right. the exact same reason I mentioned before. Modern, but, yeah. but also Colonel Muska, right? Like. Um, Mark Hamill's really good voice actor for yeah. starters, and yeah. like uh-huh. uh, you know, I know this was before Batman the Animated Series, and there were times where he kind of slipped into that Joker voice, but yeah. you know, before it was I'll the get Joker. to that later. <laughs> but it's such a good villain voice, mm-hmm. man, and uh, he sold a lot of it. But I also just think for the same reason that Matt said, yeah. um, he's you know he's a legitimate heir to Lapida. You know what I mean? He I, I love that in the beginning you kind of think of him as just this government stooge kind of guy who's just do- but then you know he kind of flips it and it's like okay like he reveals who he really is and what his motivations are and then all of a sudden things make sense like he's turning his back on the army and he's like going all in on this and I thought he was cool he's one of the only like pure villains I think yeah. in this whole yeah. series so, but, some of them you're like well, is there really a villain in, is there like, even Totoro? a villain like, in Totoro like, yeah, right. yeah like, I mean you know is there a hard. villain in Kiki's I mean I guess the villain is like her self doubt yeah, yeah you know growing it, up yeah. growing up yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. real quick I just want to say also mention how just how intelligent he was I mean he actually mm. researched yeah. Laputa at a time and uh, so he knew a lot about it because he was like a scholar of it so I mean, he knew where he was going yeah, he had exactly. maps and yeah. yeah he was on top of his game so that's cool Fantastic. Uh, that moves us into best hero and or protagonist. Hey, I said it right. Hey. Uh, <laughs> um, on this one, I went with Nausicaa. Um, because she's, like, so fucking pure of heart. Like, yeah. She's, yeah. like, the most, like, pure individual. She has, like, no mm. doubts about, like, anything. She never, mm. like, even wanes on any sort of uh, negative towards uh, emotions. She's, like, this kindred spirit to all these animals and, and weird fucking creatures. These big fucking ohms that are just, like, <laughs> just fucking something you'd see in Starship Troopers. And, like, she's, like, calming them down and being friends with them and, like, really thrust into this, like, terrible war between, like, this entire fucking country um, and trying to be the mediator between it all. We're apparently really boring. I'm gonna kill that a, fucking cricket, there's dude. There's a cricket in here that thinks yeah. we are boring as <laughs> fuck tonight. Yeah. Hey, shut up. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I went with uh, Nausicaa. Okay. All right. So I went with Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, yeah. uh, by the end of the film, I think she undergoes a complete journey. She learns how to make friends. She learns how to serve her community. She learns how to fit into society, to get along with boys. Yeah. Uh, most importantly, believe in herself. And I think also what I the most liked was that she always tries to do the right thing, even if she ends up making mistakes um, and disappointing people. So she's flawed, but she's pure at heart. Uh, she always wants to be the best person she can be and be the best witch she can be. So yeah. it's quite a journey that she goes on and I enjoyed uh, following it all the way through. It's such a like a weird hero's journey for her too. Because mm, like you're is. starting off like, I'm a witch and I'm going to do witch things. It's like, huh? I'm basically just glorified FedEx. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a strange trip to take. I'm going to let you make a pie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also went with um, Nausicaa. Um, she was, this was the first film that I watched and I, yeah. I wrote her down as, as the best hero and all throughout the rest of the marathon, like nobody even came close in my opinion yeah. To, yeah. to topping her, you know, for all those same reasons that you mentioned, man. I mean, she's the, you know, she's so pure of heart. She sacrifices herself at the end. Um, she, she doesn't know she's going to get tentacled back to life and whatever. So, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, Nausicaa. the only problem I had with Nausicaa was that she was the chosen one, and that kind of yeah. took me out of the movie mm -hmm. for a little bit, knowing that, well, I mean, you know she's probably not going to die, because she can talk to insects, and they can heal her, and... Yeah. But, uh, no, I did, re I did respect how brave and compassionate and everything she was, so... Good picks. Yeah. Do you think that the the film would have been better if she had just stayed dead? And they, they, they still it would have been interesting. The ohm still calmed down. Everything yeah. was cool. Yeah, like, I think it would have been just that as sacrifice. Really. Like, yeah, uh -huh. it, it would have been yeah. made her even more like the standout for best hero protagonist. Right. Yeah, even right. She had that ultimate sacrifice yeah. to you know stop these giant bug fuckers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're just weird. All right. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, usually on this uh, next one, we uh, do best kill um, or death. There's not really a lot of deaths and kills in these. In so, most of these. Yeah. Most yeah. Of so we changed it up to just best character animation now. So this, this will design animation. Design yeah. animation. Like just someone that has a look that you're, like, you're drawn to. Um, I had two from Howl's Moving Castle that were really close to taking this. Like, Hal as the, the, the giant like bird monster thing yeah, yeah. looks so fucking like, unique and cool from mm -hmm. what he was. And Calcifer, just because he's so unique in, in based out through all these movies, yeah. like how they animated him mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, but I ultimately went with the last film I watched was Princess Mononoke, and it's that worm boar thing that's, yeah, like, that's chasing cool. down. Oh, yeah, like, cool. it's so fucking, like, just yeah. creepy as shit. Like, <laughs> and it's uh, beautiful how they have, like, all these moving parts going on in it while it's running. So mm. it's got such a unique, like, even visual within the scenes that it's in because everything is, you know single movements and this thing has got like 40 fucking movements right, going right. on all at the same time because it's not really just cool. the board it's like the demon is possessing it right so, yeah. right but yeah that's that's what i went with just because it was it had that that alluring unique yeah. craziness to it okay so i went with giant totoro from uh my neighbor totoro right. hands down uh it's charismatic charismatic cuddly comforting just plain cool uh, it resembles a bear and a cat, but I felt that it really had its own personality um, that you can see throughout the film. It displays the full range of emotions and just, I mean, it's iconic. It's iconic for a reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a reason why it's the, the logo for um, Studio Ghibli. So yeah. just just really cool. So that's that was my pick for character. Good I think design. it's important. That, that's not my pick, but I think it's important that, like, just to, for maybe people like Americans don't really understand how iconic Totoro mm -hmm. is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I've got stuff on here about like, is, you know, Totoro is more genuinely loved than Mickey Mouse yeah. would ever hope to be. You <laughs> know what I mean? He is as, as iconic as Winnie the Pooh is to British children. Like mm -hmm. yeah. we don't understand that. You know what I mean? But like, that's incredible to me. Mm -hmm. Like the thing that, you know, there's, there's, there's entire cultures who like, this is their Winnie the Pooh, you know, like yeah. That's, yeah. that's crazy. And it's so, mm -hmm. it's so interesting to me, man. Um, I had a tie for character design. God damn it, Nathan. <laughs> um, one of them was Howl for kind of the same reason you mentioned. I, I love, like, just all the changes that he goes through. What, you know, mm -hmm. his, where his hair is changing, yeah. he's, his body's changing into, like, this bird. He's, like, he's turning into, like, goo and dripping all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just a really well-designed character. He always looks interesting. Absolutely. Uh, Kiki was the other one that stood out for right. me. Um, yeah, she I does thought, have a unique look, even within her yeah. own movie. Like, yeah, she's, she's a very different. She's a weird person. mix of like a traditional and like contemporary kind of styles. She wears, you know, she wears this black like witches do, but she has this red, you know, bow that sort of mm. stands out as she's young and she's. I just think that's really cool, man. I think that she, you know, a lot of what Kiki's delivery service is about is mixing like traditional and contemporary things together, mm. and like 
That's super cool. You yeah, know what I mean? It's finding her own place. Yeah, and that's a big part of her character growth in the story as well. The fact that she looks unique. I mean, she thinks right. it as, it as a minus, but everyone else actually sees it as a plus, and it takes her a while to realize that. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, now is the time we come to what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck is, you know, uh, things that we see in the movie or, you know, trivia about the movie. Just something about the yeah, movie. I like. I personally like to try to keep it to the movie yeah, itself. Sure. Something <clears throat> I can visually see. Uh, Brad likes to go and find these obscure little fucking yeah. weird facts about mm-hmm. movies. Um, but it's just something that kind of makes it like when you're watching this film or learning about this film that you just have to pause and go mm-hmm. like, man wow okay yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, we usually read a few of these off and then and then we we kind of pick one um what so one of my runner-ups is from my neighbor totoro um when they are looking uh what's the youngest girl's name uh may, may. may yeah when they're looking for may there's a point where they find a flip-flop yeah and <laughs> Whoever owns this flip flop is clearly dead, and they're like, yeah. "Oh no, like May is dead." Yeah, but then is... they find May a few minutes yeah. later, but they never discover <laughs> whose flip flop that was. Yeah, that's dark. So though. there's like some other fucking dead kid yeah. somewhere oh, um, yeah. that no one seems to care about. Uh-huh. Um, another uh, runner up for me was uh, from Kiki's Delivery Service: herring and pumpkin pot pie. Yeah, that's what weird. the fuck? <laughs> Who? Japanese cuisine. That's Japanese cuisine for you. Uh, get cultured, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> my winner goes to Nausicaa of the Valley. And it's when they have the, like, is it the commander? that She takes her thing off and it shows oh, yeah. that she's missing a hand. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, you're missing a hand. And she's like, you think that's bad? Wait until the man who's lucky enough to marry me see what he sees. And you're like, what? What does that what even does that mean? mean? Uh, no. I, not, I don't want to find out. No. I don't know exactly what you're alluring to. Uh, like, yeah. is, are you missing your vagina? Is it? <laughs> Did someone take your vagina? Because yeah. that's what it's giving off an air to. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But that, that, that took it pretty hands there, down for me. There are some weird... I, I think mostly in Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, there's some weird translation-y things that, and oh, I'll, yeah. talk, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's, <laughs> that's one of them. Maybe it, I mean, maybe that makes sense culturally, like that's a, I don't know, I don't get it. I, yeah. <laughs> I was, I, I, I literally, is the only time I like stopped a movie and I was like, all right, I'm taking a break for a minute. I don't know what the fuck is happening right now. All so right. I took a break. <laughs> Alright, so all of my what-the-fucks are all from one movie, Castle in the Sky. Uh, first runner-up was Pazu's grip in Castle in the Sky, because it's kind of amazing. He's like part gecko or something, just the way he's able to grip onto everything. When it's falling? Yeah, and he's he like, yeah. Yeah. He cannot, he's like anti-gravity or something. Uh, the second one was actually a little bit of a trivia note. Um... The reason why it's called Castle in the Sky in English and not Laputa yeah. is because Laputa is the whore, is because uh, the whore in Spanish. In Spanish. Yeah. So otherwise they'd be called whores. So that's not that's not good name for children's film. Um, and the third one's kind of minor, but it's a little weird. A Dola burning Sheeta's face in her cleavage. Kind of yeah. iffy for a kids film. And yeah, there I, was a lot of sexual stuff yeah. in the Castle in the Sky. Yeah. Like, all those dudes wanted to fuck yeah. that gr- little girl. That was actually my what the fuck. The, pal- yeah. the pedophile <laughs> pirates in Castle in the Sky. Yeah, because they claim to want to be friends with her. You know they don't want to be friends. They want to make her, her wa- their wife. Yeah. So... Like they're yeah. just like showing up it's doing nice things, and then the one dude just yeah. busts in with flowers. He's basically yeah. like, "Hey, uh-huh. I'm gonna hey, fuck you later." How old, how old is she in this film? I mean, I like, she's got to be like she's got to be like eleven. Yeah, yeah. Different times. Different different times. Yeah. Well, it was... Different country. It was 1986, but... Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, 
So I my runner up, I guess, and I'll talk about this later for scenes. But like, there's a scene in uh, in uh, Nausicaa where oh uh, the commander guy, the uh, Chris Randon, yes, that where he's talking to like the giant, the giant still like embryonic or whatever, mm-hmm. and he says that like I watched it in Japanese first, so this is important. Like I watched okay. it in Japanese, and and in the Japanese like. He says, like, you're a cute monster, and then he says, like, that looking at you, like, awakens old ambitions or whatever, and he's, like, and cool I'm, I was, like, does he want to fuck the monster? <laughs> like, and I was, like, whoa, what? And then, like, when I, when I rewatched it in English, I just, it creeped me the fuck out. Like, when I watched it in English, it's so, like, I, obviously, it's not just the text, you know, you can say, yeah. like, he sees the, the, it's more of the beauty of the power that the creature has. <laughs> right, yeah. And it, the, he, his ambition is, is, is a lust for power. That's mm-hmm. what he's talking about. I was like, oh! Okay. <laughs> but, like, yeah. um, but my biggest what the fuck was from uh, Castle in the Sky. So I just want to read this thing off really quick. So, during the 13th Japanese television broadcast of Castle in the Sky, held on December 9th, 2010, Baus, which is the word of destruction or whatever, the magic mm-hmm. word that destroys the castle, okay. was tweeted... 25,088 times per second, setting a Twitter record according to Twitter to Japanese Twitter. Uh, the previous record was... So this is 25,000 times a second. A yeah, second. Previous record was 8,868 mm-hmm. when Beyonce announced they were having twins. <laughs> okay, hold up. So so the 14th airing of Castle in the Sky... So this is the next airing, and this was in 2013, so two mm-hmm. years later... Mm-hmm. In preparation for the event, Yahoo Japan enabled a Balsa button on the top page. The following day, Twitter's Japanese team announced that Balsa had been tweeted 143,199 times per second. That's nuts. Four times the existing world record. Man. <laughs> what the they, they, fuck? They tweeted it live as they said it in the movie. Man. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Get on my level. Uh, <laughs> so that's my what the fuck. Yeah, that's a good one. Wowza! All right. <laughs> it goes. It goes back to like when you're talking about like these films aren't as well loved here. They right, should be, right. yeah. but like they they they're setting Twitter world records and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because like everyone's watching this and tweeting it at the same time. Like this is these movies are so important yeah. to you know Eastern cinema, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I, I just, I'm so glad that we did this marathon. I really yeah. am. Like I'm glad Brad's not here. He's a dickhead anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He likes Predator. Who gives a shit what he thinks? <laughs> He's just scheming ways to get Dawn of the Dead in again. Yeah. Right. Third time's the charm, Brad. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Next, we move on to best score or soundtrack. Um, for this one, there's a lot of like just similar kind of music yeah, for a lot of really these films. Though. It yeah. is good, yeah. but it's so similar. And there's one big standout. Uh, which we kind of hinted at when we were talking a little bit, and it's from Kiki's Delivery Service yeah. called Soaring to start out that movie. Mm. Um, fucking fantastic movie that like really draws you in immediately right. and makes you want to like sit there and watch hold, this. Hold great up, because I think scene. just because I because I posted a I posted it before. It's actually called Message the the one that, the one in Japanese it's called mm-hmm. Mes- Message for Rouge. Oh, Soaring's Rouge. the ja- the English song that they play in the, in like the, this was gotcha. so this was really hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's there's the Japanese original version, then there's like the dub. Right, there's like the dub after the film comes out, but then it's yeah. like after Disney gets hold of it and they redub it. Yeah. So there's two English versions of the films, yeah. and in and in Kiki's like they change the soundtrack and they change all kinds of stuff. Man, yeah. that was one of them. So the title mm-hmm. "Soaring" is an English song that was in the first dub. Gotcha. The first, the, the one that I think that you watched Honestly, was called I, "Message honest, in Rouge," yeah, which so, is in Japanese. Yeah, "Soaring" "Soaring" is Woo! definitely the song <laughs> I listened to. Oh, I really? Enjoyed. Yeah. 
I'm is printing. it in English? Yeah. Huh. Whatever, God damn it! Whatever song <laughs> I listen to in English. Wait, did I you love, watch the one with Bill it. Hartman? Yes. What the fuck? Really? The one that I put. Okay, we'll get back to this. Thing. I don't know. Like, we'll get back numbers. to it. Okay, okay some yeah. of this is a little confusing, okay. but anyways, Kiki won for me because <laughs> mostly because of that song. <laughs> that song's so, great. Whatever fucking song it was, <laughs> it's the song I enjoyed. Okay. So my best score soundtrack goes to My Neighbor Totoro, mm-hmm. uh, especially for the opening and closing songs. They just I've always liked them. Every time I um, watch the movie, bring Sing a big song to my face. Okay. <laughs> hey, let's go. Oh, hey, yeah. we did. All right. Um, <laughs> the absolute madman. Yeah, right. They're at times fun, stirring, and tran- tranquil, but always top notch. Um, I just really liked. I mean, there are a lot of coders for like the songs. Are repeated as instrumentals throughout the film, but mm. it just in various different styles, so it always fits in the mood of the film. So I really like that. Mm. Yeah. There. So th- my runners up were definitely My Neighbor Totoro yeah. and uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. I think that all I like. I think that all in all, I think the 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 best solid piece of music is the one that you talked about. Right? Mm-hmm. Is is the opening for uh, Kiki's Delivery Service? Mm-hmm. I think maybe second. Just best song is probably the opening for My Neighbor Totoro. Right. But I think the overall best score for the whole film is Howl's Moving Castle. I think okay. that it has an absolutely magical soundtrack, man. Yeah. Like, uh, it just has such a fairy tale kind of epic, adventurous, beautiful soundtrack. And I, I love it, man. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Um, next, we move on to best quote. Um, this is also like one where there's a, there's a lot of like cheesy lines, yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially it, mostly because you know you're translating and and trying yeah. to do this stuff, so you get like just just sometimes just god awful lines. I think <laughs> right. there was something in like Nausicaa of the Valley where they're just like explaining the whole plot through dialogue, and I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like yeah. st- stop! Show me what you want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my big winner, um, it came from. Ironically, not scared of the valley, which I was just making fun of for a lot of its cheesy lines, but it's because it comes back to how badass and how much I love Lord uh, Yupa. But it's uh, <laughs> the commander's like, "Oh, that's Lord Yupa. Kill him, and you'll be famous." Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I love that that's line. Cool. Like, yeah, they're cool. like, you don't need to know anything about him mm-hmm. other than like, if you kill him, you're the tops in the fucking world. Right. Like, that's yeah, how that's great awesome. that guy is. That's all I have to tell you about him, mm-hmm. uh, and you know how great he is. Yeah. So that's pretty fucking <laughs> sweet. All right. So uh, my best quote, uh, it's kind of a simple one, but it's pretty deep, I think. Uh, Look, everybody wants everything. Uh, That's just the way the world is, but it might actually get it. It's spoken by Jigo from uh, Princess Mononoke. I picked that just because it pretty much sums up a large part of a part of the human condition, just the pure greed part of it. It describes not only him, but I also think to some extent uh, Lady Boshi. Um, Yeah, so I really like that one. Yeah, those are both good. There, There were a lot of good... I mean, in my opinion, a lot of good quotes. How many times you got on this one? <laughs> no, just the one. Good. Oh, just my, the one. My, my, my favorite okay. one, honestly. I, I had a couple, but like, it's, uh, he's calling the spirits of darkness. I saw him do this once before when a girl dumped him from uh-huh. Howl's movie castle. <laughs> that was funny. It's when all the goos coming off of him or whatever. I just think mm. it really sums up, like, just how vain and ridiculous and dramatic Howl yeah. is. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's got red hair, so he's going to, like, literally melt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, you know, like... There's shadows flying around. Everyone's scared. Like, oh, he's calling the shadows of darkness again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> very emo. Yeah, it's yeah. Super, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I mean, it's coming out of Billy Crystal's mouth. So yeah. it's just oh. that magic, <laughs> the delightful yeah. Billy Crystal, yeah. Yeah. Magic yeah. Max mouth. 
<laughs> All right, before we move on to the next one, I just want to say, like, this is easily the closest, like, marathon we've had. Mm-hmm. I bet it is. Time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, are, they all, we have a three-way tie for first. Do we really? Three-way tie for second. Wow. Okay. So, they're, they're all within a point of each other. All right. All right. <clears throat> next up is best screenplay. So, uh, one of the big things about Miyazaki uh, is he is not only the director, but he writes all of his own mm-hmm. scripts. Yeah. Which is Very impressive. incredibly fantastic. Um, so, you know, it's just, what do you prefer, you know, picking out of here and there, um, that's going to be your best, because they, they share a lot of common themes and whatnot in these films, so, um, I went with How's Moving Castle, um, I really liked, it was, uh, you know, I, and I don't even really know why anymore, but, uh, but there is something, I'm so glad we invited you, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna leave, you guys finish up, um, No, but it, uh, it's it, I, what I mentioned earlier. Like, it kind of I'm captivated by that dial the first time they spin mm-hmm. it and open the door, and there's a completely like new thing going on. And there's so many characters that are shrouded in mystery throughout this whole thing. Howl, Calcifer, right. uh, the Scarecrow, the mm-hmm. Onion Scarecrow, whatever the fuck. That's a turnip weird like, turnip turnip head. Yeah. That's his name. Um, you know, both of the witches have this like weird kind sure. of weird backstory. So like, yeah. I'm really intrigued by like not knowing what's going on and kind of following this this mystery to figure out what's going mm-hmm. on. We don't we don't even find out everything about everybody towards sure. the end, but it's yeah. it's the it's the ride that it takes you on that's important. Okay. So my best screenplay goes to Princess Mononoke. I just thought it was a really intelligent script, uh, full of great build, world building, interesting characters, a solid plot. It also was featured deep themes about humanity uh, versus the environment, and uh, I just really liked it a lot. And as a bonus, that was written by Neil Gaiman, who's mm, a yeah. good writer in his own right. Yeah. So right. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Like there are so many films that do that man versus nature kind of thing and I mean you you got like I mean obviously Avatar and uh, Fern Gully and shit you know right, what I mean right. but like yeah, Fern I mean, if you have Fern Gully but I don't think anybody does it any better than Princess Mononoke I mean Princess no. Mononoke I think beats everything yeah uh, I had tie for best screen <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> okay. um, so there were two films that like as I was watching them, so I have like I have like two monitors I have like a monitor over here where I watch it and I have a monitor over here where I read shit mm-hmm. and so like like, I'll watch over here, and then I'll pull up, like, Wikipedia or, like, some articles about stuff, and, like, sometimes, I mean, I would say during Nausicaa, during uh, Tortoro, during Kiki's, during Mononoke, I mean, sometimes I'd kind of get lost reading stuff, and it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it hasn't really captured yeah. all my attention. I'm kind of phased out, but um, Castle in the Sky and Howl's Moving Castle, I was, like on it the whole mm. time. You know what I mean? Like, I had this stuff pulled up and I'm like, don't, don't care, I just want to know what's going on. You know what right. I mean? Like, uh, I think that has to do with just the pacing and there's great story beats and the characters are developing and everything's just snapping along really well. And so I think those two, um, Castle in the Sky and House of the Castle got a tie for me. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, next category typically goes to best cinematography, but since we are doing animation, yeah. there's not really a cinematographer. Right. But there are animators, and uh, unlike you know best character animation, where we were taking just one specific thing, this time we're taking the whole film, everything you know, buildings and cars yeah. and trees and sky and all the mm-hmm. characters involved. Yeah. Um, and uh, another another great thing, or even kind of a weird thing with Miyazaki is he didn't he's never used the same like head animator. On a movie oh, twice, yeah. and so like we have different people like heading up every single one of these movies, and even though there's a, you know, certain aesthetics that stay the same, like yeah. you can definitely tell each of these films sure. has their own little air to them, which is great. Right. Um, and uh, I went with my neighbor Totoro. 
Um, because there, there is this, um, uh, when we did the last anime marathon, we had Spirited Away in it. That's why it's not in this one, because uh, mm-hmm. we've already, we've mm-hmm. already tackled that mm-hmm. one. Um, and that, that one for me, and this one yeah. had the most similar kind of feel to that, which I enjoyed, where there's a lot of this realism involved in it. Mm-hmm. There's also these, like, very strange looking characters, like Totoro yeah. and, uh, the weird cat bus, like, it is just... It's a very Alice in Wonderland. Yes. yes. It's, it's, it's a very, like, those trippy scenes, uh, you know, where Totoro is, is come to life. Uh, really like set it apart, you know. When it when it really starts to get into it, you're like, okay, there's a lot of similarities here. But then when Totoro shows up, like, oh, this is a completely different film than the other five that we've watched. Sure, yeah. and that's where uh, Totoro stands out for me. And I chose that one. Okay. So for best animation, I went with Princess Mononoke. I just thought the animation flowed beautifully. The colors were great. Uh, it's highly detailed for me. It's continuously exciting to watch. Um, character animation, creature animation, and landscape animation were all top notch for me. Just um, really beautiful and premium watch. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. <laughs> Absolutely. There's in in almost every Miyazaki film, and I, I feel like I said this when we talked. About, I don't I don't know if I gave best animation when we did the uh, anime marathon to Spirited Away. I love mm-hmm. the animation in that, mm-hmm. but I remember talking about how there's just these little jarring CGI moments that I don't really like. There, mm-hmm. I know there's a there's a hedge maze part mm-hmm. in Spirited Away and in and in every one of these films I feel like there's just this little CGI thing that I, I you just recognize the CGI mm-hmm. and I just yeah. it mm-hmm. takes me out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one that maybe had the least and it's the one that they got my they got my pick because of that was mm-hmm. Kiki's delivery service. All I right. felt sure. the the as I watched it I, I didn't see anything that like was I felt was jarring. You know what I mean? Like, nothing really stood apart. They're all beautifully animated. I mean, mm. there's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I don't like I don't like being taken out of the moment when you right. notice things like that. You know what I mean? So of Kiki's Delivery Service was the one for me, just because I felt, if it had it, it masked it the most. Yeah. I also <laughs> want to add that I really liked the lighting effects in Princess Mononoke, especially mm. during the night scenes. Just, just really impressive. And the rain. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, and going back to best character animation, like that that worm boar uh, is just oh, fucking sure. like yeah. just cool. Like there's just like moments that like in Mononoke, I'm like, whoa, that that is completely surprising to me. Yeah, we were talking about art direction and stuff, and I was reading an article about um, Miyazaki's art director on, uh, I believe it was My Neighbor Totoro, where they were, you know, they they were for so long talking about the, Oga. The, they <laughs> talked about the. Um, just the color schemes they wanted and whether the soil was going to be black like in this one province or red like in this other province and they just went just the two of them working together and building each other up and things like that and coming to a mutual agreement and, and eventually coming to this place where like it almost has a kind of fantastic it's not really it's not really you can't really place it as a as a place in Japan it, it sure. becomes this kind of magical place that they've yeah. worked on together and I think that's really cool man like mm-hmm. my neighborhood Totoro is beautiful yeah it yeah. is all right. Now, typically, uh, we break down acting into supporting and, and main actors and actresses. Uh, we've decided to kind of narrow those down moving forward. So uh, we've broken it down to a best actor best supporting. Lead. Yeah, like yeah. a best lead and a best supporting right. yeah. uh, sort of. And by role. the way, like, what a shitty time to do it. Because this is the, fir- <laughs> the, the reason that we do that is because, like, normally you'll have, like, best actor, best actress, Best supporting, you know, best actress. That fucking yeah. cricket, by the way, is driving me nuts. <laughs> um, and so, like, uh, so like, the problem is, women in cinema, like, as much as we want them, it's just that, like, they don't get any good roles. They don't get any good right. roles. They don't have characters yeah. that have any substance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so a lot of times it's feast or famine. I think with with yeah. these, like you either you have an actress that's that's the only one that's given any kind of nuance to work with, yeah. and she carries it from everybody, or or in most films nobody has anything to work with. And so everyone's like, well, I gave it to so-and-so, but it's, it's whatever. <laughs> by default. It's, it's yeah, by yeah. default, yeah. So we decided to go lead, supporting, and like, what a shitty time to do it, because this is like... They bring up the Actresses out the ass! Right. And they're so good! Mm, I mean, like, just... Just naming through some of the supporting, you got like Cloris Leachman, Lauren Bacall, <laughs> Janine yeah. Garofalo, Uma Thurman, Minnie Driver. Right. And yeah. You got Billy Crystal and, right. and Patrick Stewart and yeah. Billy Bob Thornton. Right. Like you yeah. got James Vanderbeek, motherfucker. James Vanderbeek <laughs> got the oh, beak. Good <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, they they bring out the the big guns to to do these. I mean, it's oh, Disney, man. so yeah. of course they, they got the Disney, money to yeah. fucking put forward to do it. <laughs> right. Um, so for my best supporting, um, oh, it's best lead first. first. Oh, we'll just do best Ooh, lead. Best lead. Yes. We'll do best Correct. lead first. Sure. Jeez. Okay. Um, I had to to break this down. Uh, I was really close to giving it to Kirsten Dunst for Kiki's delivery services. Mm. Kiki, I thought she did a really good job of mm-hmm. like expressing that like I'm not a girl but not yet a woman sort of yeah, mentality. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I ended up going with Christian Bale in Howl's Moving Castle. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. I really because he's this weird like brooding kind of emo guy at times but he's yeah. also this like I'm very cunning and smart and sure. beautiful but he's like don't look at me. He, <laughs> like, he, he kicks out that Batman voice like once or twice. Yeah he too. does. Yeah. I mean this is, this is it's uh you know. Proto Batman. The Proto yeah. Batman voice. <laughs> Peak Bale. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm going with Christian Bale on that. All right. So I'm also sticking with How's Moving Castle, but I'm going with Gene Simmons as what they call Grandma Sophie. Yeah, the, uh, the lead singer of Kiss. Yes. <laughs> no, different Gene Simmons. Oh, but, different, uh, different Gene Simmons. Uh, I just thought her characterization was really great, especially how she adds nuances to her emotions. I just didn't see that from hear that from many of the other performers. Uh, she li- delivers her lines with great diction, clarity. I just thought she really delivered a full performance. Um, I mean, that might be close to her natural voice, but she just she just re- really infused a lot of life into that character. Sure. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I had the same character. I had, I, I mean, I gave it to uh, Emily Mortimer and okay. Gene Simmons yeah. as one character. That makes you know? sense. Fair uh, enough. But uh, yeah, Sophie, I think, is... I love it, especially toward the end when... They're sort of fading back and forth between young and old, yeah. you know, and it's and it's it's pretty seamless. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's it's great, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just they're 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 working their asses off, and as far as I'm concerned, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, best lead, Sophie. All right, so now we're moving into best supporting. Now now we're fine with yeah, doing we, best yeah, supporting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. okay, okay, you're not gonna be assholes now. <laughs> no, nope. Jesus. All right. Um, this this was like a really tough category. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. There's yeah. some like we mentioned earlier, you know, Patrick Stewart who, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't even sound like Patrick Stewart like actually giving this like wonderful vocal performance, mm-hmm. not yeah. playing a piece of emoticon poop. Uh, <laughs> and, but man, I'm still torn on this one. Does he play the emoticon poop in the emoji movie? Yes. Yeah. Get That's the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck between Lauren Bacall of, uh, as Witch of the Waste okay. and Billy Crystal as Calcifer. Uh, it's both for so House Moving Castle. It's House Moving right. Castle, right. so I'm just going to give it a tie. And okay, I don't okay. usually do that. Right. Um, but it's still just one point for the movie. And I like Billy Crystal has this like very unique sort of like different voice in that film. Because mm-hmm. everyone's, you know, got their like brooding sort of voice, like their, their right. lower kind. Yeah. And he's this loud, like out there kind of voice. And mm-hmm. mixing it with that, that anime 
style that I almost you know gave it best character look because it's how do you animate a fire like yeah. and yeah. make it like vivid right. and ha- give it all these emotions and yeah. stuff give and it personality yeah exactly and I think even though some of that is through the animation a lot of it comes through Billy Crystal's voice um, and then Lauren Bacall uh, just kind of fantastic <laughs> in that weird character with mm-hmm. you know with the penis nose which is the waist. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just a just a unique voice that like I didn't I didn't even recognize as Bacall's until I was actually like looking at the cast for this mm. and I was like oh wow that was actually mm-hmm. yeah it struck uh, me as kind yeah, yeah kind yeah. of kind of off not the voice I expected from her yeah all right so I went with uh, Mark Hamill as Muska from Castle in the Sky mm. I just felt he had a really good hand on the character uh, bang up job of portraying all of his different characteristics his intelligence his charisma his menace. Um, I did, like you pointed out, heard a bit of the Joker in this, uh, especially in his maniacal laugh. It's yeah. fairly Joker-esque. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a unique character. I thought he did a really good job with it. Right on, man. Uh, this was a tie. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a tie between uh, Captain Dola, Cloris Leachman, okay. yeah. and fucking Billy Crystal's Calcifer, man. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, like, so it's Captain Dola. I, I mean, I... Captain Dola was my pick for the longest time, and the last the last movie that I watched was *Hell's Moving Castle*. And it's, I'm like halfway through, and I'm like, "Fucking Billy Crystal, man!" You know what I mean? Like, you, he's so good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That it's a tie, man. I could I couldn't possibly choose between the two of them. Cloris Leachman is fucking bang up. Yeah, Cloris Leachman's pretty fucking great in it too. She was she was on a short list of, of people that I had, um, but I ultimately did not go with that. So. Uh, after that, we tackle best scene, okay. um, and for me, this was this was a hands down winner um, because it's <clears> such a. It, I mentioned it earlier uh, with the animation style with my neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's that scene where they're waiting in the rain for the bus. That's and, a good one. And, and yeah, you know, then Totoro one. just kind of shows up, and the water's dripping. He gets the umbrella, mm-hmm. and the fucking like psychedelic cat bus comes running through. Yeah. Like I really yeah. like. I was really drawn into the movie during that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's why I won. And I think it, it's also, um, you know, I mean, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it in a minute. But, okay. Yeah. All right. So me for best scene, I win with uh, Kiki rescuing Tombo at the end of the movie, uh, rescuing him from the deflated dirigible in Kiki's delivery service. Okay. I just thought it was an exciting scene. I especially liked how it was all important to all of Kiki's character growth uh, throughout uh, the movie. Uh, also, everything in the scene is firing in all cylinders, acting, animation, sound effects, music. Uh, so much happens in this scene as well. And not only does Kiki save Tombo, that's the big thing, but she gains back her self-confidence. She finally realizes that she wins the full support of her new community. And she's finally found a home that she can call her own. And she's grown into a role as a witch. So I just thought it really summed up her character. And it was a very nice climax to the film. So yeah, definitely a lot going on yeah, to, that's to wrap up in that scene. That's why I went with it. Yeah, for sure, yeah. man. I had a tie. Played <laughs> yeah. no shell like the sixth time. Your catchphrase yeah. tonight. Uh, yeah. So one of them. So it's from Princess Mononoke, okay. um, where Ashitaka comes out of the cave, and like like where he spent the night um, with San. He comes down. He's on this like cliff, and then up above him is Moro, like the like the wolf god or whatever. Yeah. And just the two of them talking about, you know, like she's kind of overseeing the valley and telling, mm-hmm. you know, how she wants to, you know, have Lady Eboshi's head in her jaws. Mm-hmm. I just think I just think the whole thing, like, aesthetically is really, really yeah. stands out to me. Um, the other one is uh, from Nausicaa, and it's that scene that I talked about before. It was kind of in that what the fuck, mm-hmm. where uh, Chris Sarandon 
I like in the in when I was watching it in Japanese, I thought he wanted to fuck the giant because <laughs> like it's a weird translation. So like. I think that's a standout scene for me just because, like, I'm always going to think about that when I watch the movie. You know what I mean? That's always going to be the thing that I think about. It's like, he, does he want to fuck the giant? <laughs> like, so, yeah, those are the, yeah, for for me, that's, that's what it is. All right. All right. Yeah, that, the, you know, I had uh, the, the end scene from Nausicaa 2 was, like, a, a close runner-up for me. Like, the where she comes back to life. But it's like, if she had died, it probably would have won. Yeah, Like, yeah. if she hadn't been resurrected. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what happened. Um, so, you know, uh, next is defining moment, and that can be a whole myriad of things that you want. It could be, you know, a, a specific performance or, or something, uh, a, a line that maybe draws you in. It's really the thing that when you think of all of these movies, when I say, you know, Miyazaki, and you think of any of these six movies, it's the first thing that pops into your mind. It could be a poster or, or something. Even if it's not, like, your favorite performance, it might just be, like, certain a certain thing that somebody does that really draws you in um and and for me i i just gave it my best scene and it's that that image of totoro holding that like Mm, tiny little umbrella above his head i think that's Mm. probably one of the most iconic images for miyazaki i think uh you know if you for people that even aren't really that familiar with miyazaki like i i I wasn't before this like i know that image like i've seen that like people get that tattooed on themselves all the time Mm -hmm. like that's that's a pretty like big important thing um in miyazaki's like lore and and as you said like totoro is the the image for studio ghibli like he's their mascot Mm -hmm. um and there's a reason as you said like the whole fucking country goes you know crazy over him he's their mickey mouse like and it's you know it's got to be a shot like that holding that little tiny umbrella uh that it really does it yeah so my defining moment is also from my neighbor Totoro, but I went with the uh, nighttime Totoro flight, as I like to call it, where uh, Mei and Satsuki jump on Totoro and they uh, fly through the fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, I especially liked the moment where the giant Totoro twirls uh, around as he flies close to the grass. He's like, he just looks so blissful. It's like amazing. <laughs> uh, the way the grass ripples, the overwhelming joy in his face, uh, the stirring music, um, all of it combines for me to create a magical, touching, transformative moment. And it is, it is the first thing when I think about Hayao Miyazaki films. Just mm-hmm. a really powerful moment for me. Fantastic. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, I think tra- translation changes w- were my defining moment. You know, so so <laughs> okay. I, I like like I watched, and I'm gonna I'm gonna specifically touch base on Kiki's delivery service. So that's where my point goes. Okay. But um, the defining moment for me, yeah, is is just. All the work that was put into the translations, you know, not only the first translation, but then the Disney translation, how how things right. are different. Kiki's delivery service changed multiple times. I mean, like when they when they switched it over to English originally. So like, in so at the ends of the film, right? Like after she she loses the ability to sort of communicate with with Gigi. Like Gigi's her represents kind of her childish side. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's her inner child. Mm-hmm. Right. So like. In the end, the end of the Japanese original film, she she loses the ability to speak with her, with speak with him, and then never gets it back. Okay, so like when they translate it over to English, though, they add a line at a, in a post credits thing that suggests that she can talk to her again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then when they did the Disney translation, they fucking did it back. They like they did <laughs> they didn't add that line in. So like, okay. and I just think it's it's really interesting. And they changed the theme song in the beginning. Then they rechanged it back in the next one, yeah. and it's like I'm just I just think it's really interesting, like just how things change, you know, like like you know adapting something and translating it so that it appeals to a different culture yeah. Yeah. is is you know uh, 
I could have said it about Nausicaa as well. I like so when she's when she's sort of uh, attending to the the sick and injured uh, Ohm baby at the end, um, in the Japanese or- original text, I mean, she doesn't ask for forgiveness. I mean, she doesn't feel like she's worthy of forgiveness or mm-hmm. that her mankind is worthy. Of, but in English, she's like begging for forgiveness and saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And so like when she dies, it's almost this, like, Christ parallel, you know what right. I mean? Whereas, like, in, in Japanese, it's much more like she dies for the balance of nature. And there could I mean? be cultural differences, because, I mean, Christianity isn't the main religion in Japan. That's what I mean, so yeah. I th- it could be very It could be based. intentional. That yes. they, they've done it just so that it appeals more to a Judeo-Christian kind of right. culture. Yeah, and that's absolutely. super cool, uh-huh. man. But I think the, the most changes that I saw was in, was in Kiki's, and I, you know, that's super cool. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic! Fantastic! <laughs> All right, uh, we want to do our wild cards now. Is that, where we're is that what's next? Is it, do we want? No, to director's do next. Director. Well, it's okay. kind of an obvious one. That was the same. Yeah, director. but what film? Oh, oh, unless yeah. you picked okay. a six-way tie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God damn it. Good. Better not. <laughs> All right. Um, best director. Uh, I went with my neighbor Totoro. Uh, going okay. back to to that main uh, scene that I've talked about a few times here, um, that really like sets it apart from the other films. Um, and it's going back to the other anime uh, marathon where Spirited Away ended up being my favorite. Uh, my Neighbor Totoro was kind of the most similar to that in that vein, uh, where there's a lot of realism but a lots of lots of like fantastical shit going on too. So I, I love the, the the great mixture that they have of the the realism and the and the fantasy, um, and he brings it together with really solid performances throughout. Uh, really great animation style. It's my favorite animation style through all the uh, the film. Um, great music choices. Uh, <laughs> you know the it, mm-hmm. I gave it to Kiki's, but you know yeah. Totoro was right there. Yeah. Um, and so just just kind of all around there, and and what he was able to bring to that, um, and create that icon in Totoro. Uh, For sure. Is why I give it to that. I will go ahead then and actually give it to Kiki's delivery service. Uh, I thought. It's a, it's a very tightly directed film since it's one of it's one of his shorter films. Uh, I don't think there's anything really extravagant about it. Uh, it hits all the points that it needs to hit. Um, Kiki, um, the animation's really good. Um, music really good. I, yeah, I just think mainly because of how tightly directed it is and overall, yeah. I'll go with I'll go with Kiki's delivery service. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I legit did go for a six way time. Oh my so like, god! <laughs> um, no, look, man, like the we picked him for a reason, right? Like we right. for these Labor Day marathons, we pick directors who work their ass off, man, and like even more so than the the Hitchcock marathon, man. The more I read into these films and all the thing and, and just how deeply his fingers are in these pies, like this <laughs> dude works his ass off, man, and I I can't. I have I can't pick one over the other, man. I mean, he's just so involved in, in from storytelling to art direction to music and everything. He's just like he's the fucking yeah. man, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, so I I can't. It's got to be a six foot side. Fuck it. Fuck tradition. Fuck <laughs> like, everything. <laughs> All right. Now, do we want to do our wild cards? Well, oh, okay. I've got worse snacks, but we can do whatever you, get, you want. Let's let's hit, let's hit the wild card before we do our okay. worst okay. picture and our best friend. We'll wrap right. up with those. All right. 
so wild card for me is uh, actually going to go to uh, Kiki's delivery service, and it's the radio, like on her broomstick. Like that's <laughs> yeah. such a like a just a a small little aspect that brings so much to the character, yeah, like. Right. Just a, a witch flying around with a fucking radio. Well, like, it goes back to so that cool. like that theme of like uh, traditional mixed with contemporary. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like from her outfit to the story to like she has a radio on her broom. Like she rides a broomstick, yeah. but there's a radio on it. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and also it sets up set it into the world that you're in because mm-hmm. uh, it gives it the uh, like an old school feel. Like you feel this obviously doesn't well. It probably takes place in the current day when it was made, but but it, it, it also is said, hard, yeah, it, it's timeless. Like it could have right. taken yeah. place twenty years earlier, or fifty years later. Yeah, that's a good know. thing about it. Okay, so my wild card, I decided to go with an older category. I did best kill. Uh, Ashitaka's <laughs> first arrow decapitation shot. Oh I yeah, I yeah. almost went that because that's like surprisingly. Yeah, it comes, <laughs> it comes out of left field. Really hits you in the gut. Really looks or cool. the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, right. That's, this is just an awesome kill. He shoots the dude's arms off first. I yeah, think. yeah. And then like but that doesn't boom. Him, so he has to he has to go for that shot. <laughs> it's a fucking beast. Yeah. yeah, that was like the last one. The last like Miyazaki movie I watched. I was like all these light, fluffy, happy things. Were on, and it's just like <laughs> fucking murder. <laughs> like oh, hold the phone. Yeah. Got my fucking demon arm. Yeah. Um, my I, I touched about I touched on my wild card earlier. It's for my neighbor Totoro, mm-hmm. um, and I'll just reiterate it here. Uh, the to- Totoro is uh, is uh, as iconic as Winnie the Pooh is to British children. You know, in mm-hmm. in Japan, like he's fucking Winnie the Pooh, man. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he's more genuinely loved than Mickey Mouse could ever hope to be in his wildest, not so nearly beautifully illustrated fantasies. Like the fact that like there's a whole segment of the world who like that's their Mickey Mouse. You know what I mean? And and right. then we're over here like with dumbass fucking Mickey Mouse. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> um, I just think it's, it's it's really interesting the way that different cultures view different things, and I I mean that's amazing to me that that's a, a thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> that it's as iconic as Winnie, Winnie the Pooh or Mickey Mouse. I don't mean to keep harping on that, but like no, but that's that, huge. That, is, like, that is significant. I mean, you look at like the idea of Mickey Mouse. A lot of people are like, you know, they think capitalism too when you think of something yeah, like yeah. Mickey Mouse. But like with Totoro, you can't really go there because like right. It, that Studio Ghibli's, you know, massive in Japan, but it's not like Walt Disney like sure. roll, run, runs the whole fucking world kind of right capitalism idea. So yeah. <laughs> All right, now we come down to our final two categories, um, which will be the second to last here is worst picture, which will actually lose points for mm-hmm. a movie. We'll lose so, a point. Yeah, yeah. we'll lose a point for whatever we go with. Um, you know, uh, it's it's no secret this has not been my favorite marathon. I didn't. Okay. I, I I made it. You know, when we did the last anime one, that I don't it was get probably you at it was all. probably my least favorite one that we had done. I know. I don't understand. This one. This one tops it. This one. You like this favorite. less? I like this one. This less was the best the fucking marathon. Kyle. See, that's why. Like, you're so into this one, and I was like. You know what? Like I had to trudge through a lot of these. There's moments that would you know, bring you back in. What the fuck are you I, talking about? I'm not kidding. <laughs> so difficult for me to get through these. So like, um, there there are two that I you know really really liked, and there were two that I was just like I could not fucking care less. Mm. Um, Nasca the Valley of the Wind was one that was at the bottom, but Castle in the Sky ended up taking the the worst picture for me. Are you oh. I really serious? I thought the Surprising. story was boring. <laughs> I didn't like. I really didn't like the acting performances in it that okay. much. Um, it's, it's just kind of all over the place and there's a, it's a really fucking confusing plot at times. Um, and Castle in the Sky is a confusing plot? It can be. It's not exactly Inception, Kyle. It it can be, but 
when it's making sense story-wise, <laughs> it's just boring. <laughs> You're not down with James Vanderbeek? Fuck <laughs> off, man. I, I'll watch Don't Trust to Be in Apartment 23 any day of the week. Uh, but I will not watch Castle in the Sky ever fucking again. Wow. Yeah. I'm like literally planning to watch it tomorrow night with my kids. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry for that. Crazy. All right. Feel well, bad for your kids. Yeah, that surprised me as well because yeah. uh, Castle in the Sky is actually the one that surprised me the most going into this. Because I remember when I watched it, when I watched the movie the first time, I didn't care for it that much. But the last couple of times I watched it, it's really grown on me. So well, maybe I should watch it again and I'll like it more. It but might, I'm not going maybe. To. All right. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, I don't really like to give a worse picture to any of these, uh, just because I mean it's kind of. Uh, I mean, it's kind of tough to, tough to measure because right. all of those are really good. But yeah. I had to give it to Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind, sadly. I just couldn't connect with the character, so I didn't care very much what happened in the film. You're not a teenage princess girl? Um, <laughs> no. Nope. What? Uh, I did, like I said before, I didn't like that so much of the story depended on Nausicaa being the chosen one. Mm. I felt the red robbed the plot of its potency a little bit. Um, I pretty much dropped out of the film that, because of all that. Um, I also thought most of the voice setting was flat, except for Patrick Stewart as uh, Lord Yupa, because mm. he, he really did uh, bring a lot of uh, ferocity and compassion to the role, and also a lot of energy to the film. I actually, I actually quite like, as far as voice acting, I quite liked Shia LaBeouf. I, I, I actually did like uh, Shia I don't LaBeouf like, like Shia LaBeouf typically, but I right. thought he had a lot of emotion in his character. It was respectable. Yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. I didn't want to give any of these worse, to be honest Too with you. Too fucking bad. You're picking yeah. one. Yeah, I did. It's Kiki's Delivery Service. <laughs> I, I like the movie, but I mean, if I had to pick one that, like, probably just probably because just it resonates with me the least, just because it's the story of a, of a little girl witch moving to the city, mm-hmm. growing up a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Fair there's enough. not a whole lot going on. I'm not saying that I dislike it. I'm just saying that it, it probably resonates with it. Like, when I'm thinking about which movie I want to watch, like, it's probably, probably the lowest on the list. But mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I think it's bad at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. Um, you know, Kiki was one of the ones that I really liked because it had a lot of uh, similarities to uh, Spirited Away, which I enjoyed. See, I, I would have thought that House Movie Castle has the most similarities with Spirited Away. I, I guess I, 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 did, maybe, I didn't feel that way. I mean, the look is pretty similar. Yeah, the look is that. real similar. Yeah, because this is a, a sim- similar, similar similar time period of uh, Miyazaki filmography because mm. it was this, it was next film after sure. um, Spirited Away, so that makes sense. All right. Um, but yeah, but my best picture ended up going to my neighbor Totoro. Uh, Good call again because that that was the most like Spirited Away, so it's mm-hmm. got that fantastical aspect, uh, grounded in in a real setting. Um, it, it's got that you know that I don't know. I guess Wizard of Oz sort of kind of yeah. vibe where it's like, yes, this is real, but it's not real. Like you're not sure like. Is this person just totally mm-hmm. fucked in the head, making up this whole yeah. story, or like you know, man. Or are we it's all a, there? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 this trip through, uh, you know, a, a, a false realism maybe, um, and and Totoro is just kind of really fun, good music, good voice acting. Again, reasons I gave it best director and defining moments and things like that uh, are the reason that it ends up taking it here. Yeah, this was a really tough category for me just because there's three that I really liked. Um, I'll condition with this with this saying that my favorite film is probably My Neighbor Totoro, but the one I had to give Best Picture to was Princess Mononoke. Uh, it was just the complete package for me. Uh, screenplay, animation, <laughs> music, sound, uh, character design, settings, creatures, everything. I felt that it tries to be a defining story about man's relationship with nature, and I felt that it mostly succeeded in that mm-hmm. part. Um, characters offer so much wisdom about the good and bad aspects of humanity, uh, what it means to live, why nature is important, what it means to love another person, just so much going on in there. 
And uh, I really liked all of it. And yeah, that was my pick for best picture. For all sure, right. man. I think you can make a case for about any of these to be best picture. To be honest with you, I, Howl's Moving Castle was mine. Howl's Moving Castle, I think. It surprises me that it's like the lowest rated. Is that right, or it's tied for lowest rated? Uh, lowest. It's tied for lowest rated on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty-seven percent. That really surprises me, man. Because I think it's. I mean, I honestly probably like it more than Spirited Away. If mm-hmm. I'm being totally honest with you, mm-hmm. um, it's just a lot of it's just the the characters and the way they interact. They, they just have a great dynamic. Yeah. Um, I Howl's a really interesting character. I love all the beats. I love. You know, it's one of the longer films. I think it's uh, maybe a little bit over two hours, but it's yeah. uh, it doesn't feel like it. Hmm. You know what I mean? There's a lot going on. It's happening quickly. Right. Keeps me entertained. Um, sound. I gave it best sound. I had best locations. I had uh, character design, soundtrack. Uh, you know, I gave ton- tons of awards to this. So I think House Moon hmm. Castle for me, best best picture. All yeah. right. Well, then, really want to know how this turned out because you were saying it was really close, yeah. and and it finished close too. Yeah, um, really. So we will take a quick break. Oh. We will tabulate scores to make sure everything is correct, and then we will come back and announce who our Golden Idol winner is. Okay. And we have a winner. We tabulated it, and uh, we we ran back across everything. Um, I'm gonna start with the bottom first because oh. I, I I didn't tell Nathan you know what it was and he's like really no I just know it's really part. close it is incredibly close it, this is hands down our closest marathon is it really hands mm-hmm. down what are the numbers just give me the numbers uh the top one had 13 second had 12 third had 11 huh man so um and then fourth was 10. So, I mean, like, and they I'll, were I'll all right too, there. I, I think this is... So, normally, we're talking about who, who got top. They got, like, 22. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 26. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, Right? Yeah. Like, so if you're saying top is 13, 13 then this was split. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's really split. Yep. Um, so, in last place was Nasca, the Valley of the Wind, with six. Okay. Just above that was Castle in the Sky with eight. Wow. Okay. Coming in with ten was Kiki's Delivery Service. Okay. For fourth place. Third place goes to Princess Mononoke with 11. Oh, here we go. (laughs) And the winner was, down to the last pick, it went to Howl's with Nathan's best picture for it. Uh, It took the 13, and my neighbor Totoro had 12. Oh, that was close. Dude, I think they're both pantheons. I don't give a fuck. So so (laughs) that that brings us down to talk about just Howl's Moving Castle because... The other five films do not matter. Oh. Um, if we all give a yes uh, to House Moving Castle at the table, <laughs> then that means uh, it will go up to council. It does not automatically get in. The current council members will have to discuss it and decide whether or not yeah. it is Pantheon worthy to them. So, Matthew, I will let you start. Is House Moving Castle something that you think that the Pantheon council should look at for Pantheon consideration? Sadly, I cannot push this forward to the Pantheon Council. Oh, oh, it was my second to worst picture. Was it I, really? I wow. just, yeah, I mean, the only thing that saved that for me, I think, was the characters. Like you said, the characters, relationships, the ships, and that was really good. The characters themselves were very interesting. I just was not compelled by plot. And, um, and everything else just didn't really stand out to me too much. I mean, it was all top-notch, but... Everything, it's just various pieces of the other films just stood out to me better. Hmm. Would you have said yes to My Neighbor Totoro? I would have probably recommended... Which, which films would you have said yes to? 
the, the only ones I probably would have said yes to are Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Mononoke, and My Neighbor Totoro. So if it was Totoro, okay. I would recommend it just because of how much that film means to me and how much right. I really want the Pantheon Council to see it because it is a special film. Right. But no, I yeah yeah I'm, I'm disappointed that we're not going to get one through to the council because I feel like these are yeah. all films people need to see. You know yeah. what I mean? I think they're just like you said. There's, they're, I think the close votes is what did that in. I mean, yeah. everyone I think has their favorite uh, Miyazaki film. It's just sometimes it's just tough to get a consensus going. Yeah. Well, and it, it doesn't survive. I mean, it had 13 votes, and I, it looks like I had yeah. nine. Right. So, yeah. You know what I mean? It was, it was really only me blowing smoke up. It was really, like, right? all the categories were pretty close from everyone, mm-hmm. uh, especially with all your ties. You had way more points than anyone to give yeah. anyways. But, uh, like, we were pretty even in what we voted for throughout yeah. anyways. The, yeah. Everyone had, like, an obvious low one, and, and nobody really had an obvious high other than your nine for mm-hmm. House Movement Castle. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what, what, so what you would have said yes, clearly by the way I you're talking. I probably could have got behind. I probably would have said any. I mean, if, if any of these may, movies, maybe Nasa guy wouldn't mm-hmm. have said no. I wouldn't have yeah. said yes to. Right. But I, I think all the other ones. I think I think you could easily make a case for in, any of them. I mm-hmm. really, absolutely think so. Um, even, and even Nasaga, I think even just in terms of cultural relevance and significance. I mean, like the bird claws or whatever are like. The inspiration for Chocobos in Final Fantasy, you know, oh, so yeah. like there's definitely a lot of stuff yeah, like, you can see in in it that like you're like, oh, that's definitely something I've seen elsewhere. That yeah, and then Chocobos is definitely a, a heavy thing that you can notice. Right. I mean, I think I think yeah. I, honestly, I could get behind probably anything, anything here for sure. It wouldn't have mattered to me when it came up. I was you would say, say no to anything. Said You're no such anything. an asshole. Um, <laughs> even even my neighbor Totoro, which I, I enjoyed, you know, a decent mm. amount, still would have been like a three and a half. Yeah. Um, it just none of these uh, can push themselves to pantheon. The, the same as the last. A anime. three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. Yeah. You're yeah, such a dickhead. I kind of <laughs> feel the same way. I mean, maybe I'd be tempted. What? Well, maybe I'd be tempted to go four and a half for my Ever Totoro. But like <laughs> Princess Mononoke, I I probably would have only gone gone a four just because I mean I can yeah. find parts of these parts of the films I thought, and for the most part they're really good films. I just. Just that they felt they lacked something extra just to put them across the finish line into Pantheon for me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. As much as a Miyazaki film I am that does, fan as I am, that disappoints me. But yeah. So you would say yeah. probably the only Miyazaki film that you would say is Pantheon is Spirited Away. Or would you say Spirited Away is? I would say Spirited Away because that's like my top ten of all time. Yeah. And right. My Neighbor Totoro, I would say Pantheon just because it has such a special connection to me. And I think it, overall it's... I mean, it, it went to, it ended up uh, number two here, so it's mm. obviously well respected among everyone here and a lot of For other sure. people. And um, yeah, mainly because of my personal connection, though, I probably would have said that could go into Pantheon, okay. or at least considered for it. So I think we we talked about this a little bit right or right before the marathon, really. But uh, Miyazaki officially came out of retirement today. Yeah. yeah. So he's uh, the, the strange coincidence like, and timing. Yeah. Like yeah. it really was breaking so. news. And all. Yeah. Uh, right. He's been working on a film called Boro the Caterpillar. He's been mm-hmm. working on it from his home studio. Yeah. As of early this year, but he's officially sort of kicked it back over and is working with Studio Ghibli. So it's mm-hmm. like he's officially back yeah. out of retirement They've after like the hiring animators and everything. Yeah. yeah. To really get it going. So super interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure uh, what I think about the choice of film that he's making. I'd have to obviously see a trailer. Obviously know more about the plot but i mean just centering it over around a caterpillar i'm not sure how i feel about that <laughs> um it might turn out to be interesting it might not but i'll give him the benefit mm, of the doubt wally's just about a robot right yeah, yeah. it could happen <laughs> so there's plenty of stuff that you know 
You know, it, it's not something that's going to be on my radar in 2019. I'm going to go see. I'm not. I'm not a yeah. dick. It's just something that doesn't resonate with me. It's, it's uncultured a that, swine. I'm okay, plenty cultured. So, I'm plenty cultured. What else we got coming up? All right. Um, as marathon men, we you know have to stack these together and and plan them out ahead of time. We've got uh, two uh, still to come. We've got one that we're. Uh, Still putting together, so we're not really going to announce it yet, but okay. uh, it's, we're looking to drop that there in October. Uh, so we got a little over a month before you get to hear that one. Okay, what's um, the other one? The other one is going to be a Pixar marathon. Ooh, uh, we've got good. Toy Story 4 on the horizon. Um, so we are going to, to not do any of the Toy Story movies, um, just to kind of keep it even. Uh, and well, we might do a, a versus that has all three of those right. against each other at some point. That would be great. Uh, we are, yeah, mm-hmm. we're not going to include those, so... Uh, based off Rotten Tomatoes, we have Up at 98%, okay. Wally at 97%, Finding Nemo at 99%, Whoa. Monsters, Inc. at 96%, Ratatouille at 96%, and Inside Out at 98%. Pretty so, heavy hitters, man. Very yeah. heavy hitters. I mean, yeah. Pixar always does pretty well, yeah. uh, not, not just critically, but also in the theaters. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure Toy Story 4 won't be an exception in any way, but uh, we're definitely going to try to narrow down and see which of those is the best that you know the team over at Disney and and Pixar have put together. Yeah, and they also have Coco coming out later this year, so yeah, that's right. This yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Is Brad going to be in these marathons? Or are you going to outsource that shit too? Ah, fuck. We we're <laughs> kicking him out of Adventures in Video Land. He does not know this yet. Uh, we've we've taken a council vote, and he is gone. Uh, no, it, of course Brad will be back. He's just you know he had a busy period at this point, and uh, you know didn't feel like he had as much to give to this conversation as he usually does for marathons. So yeah, he, kind of, he kind of backed out of this one. That's <laughs> ah, all right. All right, guys, where can we where can we find you, Matthew? Okay. You can find me on Facebook at the Adventures in Video Land uh, Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter at TravelinMatt77, T-R-A-V-E-L-L-I-N-M-A-T-T-77. And you can also find me on Goodreads, where you can also find my blog. All right, man. AV. You can find me on AV. Uh, you can find me on IWantToFuckAGiantMonster.com. <laughs> I always forget you're going to do those and they catch me off guard every time. And I'm like, oh, he has a website? He has a website now? Oh, yeah. Let me just Google. Oh, that is not a thing. It's not a thing, dude. I'm getting a 404. Yeah, better check to see if someone's uh, registered that. (laughs) Yeah. Are you checking these beforehand? Because you might be sending people to actual websites. I'm pretty sure butthurtwhitepeople.com is something. Butthurtwhitepeople.com is is, it should be a thing. And me, I'm Kyle. You can find me on the group uh, talking shit about everything that you love. <laughs> Especially if you like Miyazaki, apparently. <laughs> um, you can find me everywhere else. Movie Script Life. Uh, you know, Twitter, Snapchat, Pornhub, uh, Reddit. Uh, What's your username on Pornhub? <laughs> Pornhub. A friend request you. <laughs> it's the same as on my Friendster, so oh, you yeah. should know it. <laughs> Just visit my GeoCities and you will find it. But I think that is going to wrap it up for tonight. We did not get something kicked up to Pantheon. Um, But maybe next time when we uh, bring out our next one, we might have a heavy hitter. I I think uh, what we have preliminarily, we might actually have uh, something that shoots up. But we'll see. Cool, man. Sounds good. All right. Adios, guys. See ya. (laughs) 